Maybe you could get a, a tattoo. <laughs> I could get a face tattoo of a beard? Yeah. Like how old ladies do that with their eyebrows? <laughs> the yeah. funny thing to me about that is there is like... Well, it's weird that you're going to get like a tattoo on your face. Like if you're an old grandma, like, yeah, face right. tattoo. But it's also, it's like, all right, I can... I, like I can... It's not that weird. Like, all right, I guess it serves some sort of cosmetic purpose or whatever. But like... Yeah. The eyebrows that they choose is always right. really like it's an interesting choice. Yeah, that's true. Like, can you can you like give me give me the 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 confused and angry? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> can, can you can I get the Disney villain eyebrows? <laughs> Welcome to the Successful Users Podcast, featuring Samuel Hewlett and Robert Graham. Welcome to another episode of Successful Users. I am your host, Samuel Hulick. And I am your other host, Robert Graham. There we, there we go. Got that out of the way. Now they know who we are, so that's half the battle, I think. Because we don't know who they are. That's right. Are you ready to wrap this thing up? Oh, we're done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I don't talk to people who don't introduce themselves. Right. Yeah. I'm furious about my lack of knowledge about the person listening to this right now. Right. Or just your lack of knowledge of how this medium works. <laughs> that too. Right. Uh, but, you know, if they want to get in touch with us, how how could they do that, Samuel? Oh, coming in with the with the uh, the the audience participation early in this episode. That's right. So you can you could pick any word or make up a word at successfulusers.com. And it will come to us. That's right. Also, what about t- oh, the yeah. Twitter account, at Successful Users. You can't make right. up any part of that. It has to be at Successful Users. But we will see that on Twitter as well. Yeah. I like it. So do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That That's how to get in touch with us. We got this empty mailbag. We'd love to see it filled up. Filled to the brim. Yep. We read and respond to everyone. We do indeed, even if it's insulting. Especially if it's insulting. Yeah, because we gotta, we gotta. Uh, what's the word? Uh, Clear the air. No, like we have to. Rep- <laughs> we have to come hard. Can't just take oh, it. Fight back. Yeah. Vengeance. All right. I feel like this is getting a little antagonistic already. Please, this <laughs> this email is a safe place. You can you can. It's a feel feel free to to say whatever you want there. Yeah, I agree. Uh... All right, but what are, we, what are we chatting about this week, Samuel? This week, Robert, is a topic near and dear to my heart, as well as yours, as 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 far as I know. It, indeed, a little something I like to we like to call lifecycle emails. All right, ten possibly. Uh, well, so what, because of our new rules, it's uh, what uh, I guess up to ten do's or don'ts about right. about lifecycle emails. Yeah, ten, 10 plus or, well, not really plus or minus, just just 10. A maximum of 10. Potentially minus 5. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed to be no more than 10. Yeah. All right. Um, well, now that, we, now that we know how this thing works, uh, did you want to dive in? Well, as, as, as is uh, our, uh, our tradition. Yeah. I guess Oz, I wasn't Oz asking Robert, you to go first. Please kick us off. 
because asking if you wanted to go first would have been foolish. I was just making sure we were launching into the the meat of the oh, episode I see. here. Uh, okay, well... Tip number one. Uh, just like my, uh, my, my favorite initial tip, I think, for a lot of these things, uh, and, and this is number one, is to work backwards. Um, and I say this mostly about when you're setting up your lifecycle emails or if you're trying to decide where they belong, um, then you want to work backwards to figure out uh, where those things should exist. So you'd like to figure out which activities you need users to perform, uh, and which things will make them the most successful, and then try to lay out kind of a map of you know, how to ping them and nag them and bring them along to get to that point. Um, and it'll probably take a little bit of thought and then some tweaking after the fact. And those those um, those things I'm sure we'll touch on. But I think when you're getting started, uh, or even if you just want to reevaluate what you've got, uh, I would work backwards from from success to where these things belong. Backcasting. Backcasting. Yeah. Well, that's uh that makes a lot of sense to me. So, what specifically do you work backwards starting where? Uh, well, so whatever your app is, it probably only has a couple of core activities that, that makes a user successful. Uh, so if you had, uh, you know, an accounting app, then it's probably something like invoices. Or if you had uh, an email app, you know, it's it's actually creating campaigns and then sending them. Uh, and, and, and building up your list. Right. So you, you'd want to sort of keep those activities in mind and then come up with your lifecycle emails that both support people getting to those activities and then also recognizing when they've had success using your app. Recognizing it. How do you mean, like, tracking conversions and stuff? Uh, no, more like like if someone, you know, someone's list doubles, uh, I think a good lifecycle email is to say, hey, look, you know, we we helped you double your list. Oh, so you're like a the celebrating, celebrating right. achievement, celebrating success. Yeah, passing out badges, you know. But I think those still fall into lifecycle emails for you, for me. <laughs> we, we, maybe we should we should start by defining lifecycle emails proper. Um, we'll give it a go. So my my take on it, and I don't think it's the best. I don't I I don't think lifecycle emails is the best term for what I consider lifecycle emails to be, I guess. Because you think of, like, the lifecycle as being, you know, uh, you're a baby and then you grow up and then you mature and you have kids and die or whatever right. that might be. And so I, my in a big picture, my, my understanding of lifecycle emails is that you're managing, you're using emails to manage that lifecycle uh, of someone, as you know, going from baby user to dead well not dead i guess it would be mature customer or something like that um but a lot of that has to take place in like lead nurturing or pre-sign up education so on and so forth and that's where my definition kind of breaks down because i tend to think of in practical senses the lifecycle emails as being automated emails that go out post sign up so just managing people once they're in the application it's not a marketing thing right yeah i don't think it's really a marketing thing and the the two components to to the automation are 
they're time and or trigger based. So if somebody takes an action or somebody else takes an action and like, hey, you know, well, a classic example like on Medium would be, you know, your post is on the move. It just got three recommendations from these people or whatever. Um, so it's not necessarily even a, 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 an action taken by the the person who's the recipient of it, but somebody does something and that triggers an email going out or or there's a time component where if somebody does something and if they don't do another thing within three days, then they get a reminder or something like that. Right, yeah. I was going to point out that a, a period of inaction is sometimes as important as them taking action, at least right. as far as Would, following up. Yes, and which I completely concur with, but the only thing being the inaction is defined by them having taken some action and then right. not right. done something as a follow-up or not continue doing it or whatever that might be. Yeah. Yeah. So So we are simpatico, it sounds like. I think so, yeah. So it but do, do you think you can up or trial? Uh and then yeah, I think I mean I guess I just think they're sort of the emails. I don't know if I would have used the same words you did like in a and life cycle is tricky because you're sort of like bolting on, like you said, this like birth to death sort of metaphor. Um, but I, I guess I imagine that like even the stuff that you're sending just to sort of keep in touch or keep customers happy uh, can be sort of well. Let's let's play a quick game. Life cycle bucket. Let's say, let's play a game called "What is not a life cycle email?" And I'll throw out a couple examples, and you can tell me. If it's not or if it is. Oh, this is excellent. Am I on the am I on the life cycle email hot seat? You're on the hot seat, my friend. <laughs> uh, or non non life cycle emails are on the hot seat. Oh. Oh dear. You're gonna put them on there. Yeah. Um, Alright, so a uh, an automated response when someone reaches out to customer support. Hmm. That feels like a transactional email. That's not not really what we're talking about. I would say that's not lifecycle email. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe one of the conditions is it has to be something that like it's based off of in in product activity, not like somebody reaching out to other channels at your company. Right. Yeah. Especially the support part of that makes me feel like it's not a not a lifecycle email. Right. How about um, how about like let's say you're monitoring like you as a person, let's say you're a single founder, you know, single product owner, you're monitoring stuff that's happening and you see somebody did something cool and you email them, like you fire up Gmail and email them personally to congratulate them. Would that be life cycle? Um, I generically I'll say no. Um, but I, it doesn't necessarily have to be no. Cause I feel like you could have, like a low rent lifecycle email setup in a very young app with relatively few users. Right. Where, where all you got like were notifications that people were doing things and you tried to personally follow up with them. Yeah. Or uh you or like if you had like a template in Gmail. Right. So there's a little more gray there to me, but I I would say that if you are if you are participate if it's not set it and forget it, if you are actually if you have to take some sort of action to to yeah. send the email, then I would say it's not lifecycle. Okay. Even though you're using it to manage the lifecycle email, but it's not Right. Yeah, that's probably reasonable. Like it, you could even say that that's 
like that initial period I described is you sort of understanding what you should set and forget, essentially, like what right. you should put into the life cycle bucket. Do, uh, doing things that don't scale, to use right. to use an, a, a far too often used term. <laughs> um, well trod. All right, one last one. Okay. Uh, somebody downloads a like a PDF or something that you've made available on your site and they get a seven day educational drip campaign, uh, sent to them life cycle or not, not see, that's the one where that that's where I have the conflict because my gut says not, at least as far as like what we're going to be talking about today, right. but it's an automated way to manage a, you know, a, an important part of the life cycle, but it's, it's pre sign up typically. Right. Yeah, I guess I just feel like life cycle, uh, the word is broader than, than what it means to me. Yeah. I, I kind of I agree with the premise we started with that life cycle begins after sign up. Uh, so, so it's based on them you know, actually being inside the app, like interacting with the product. Yeah, all right. So then those listening, wherever they may be, that that's where that's where we're coming from. Whatever your inter hey, if you have other thoughts on this, send it our way. Make up a word at successfulusers.com. Yeah. It it can even be your new word for lifecycle emails. Yeah, and try not to be insulting because we will end you. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so with that definition in place, your number one do is start with the outcomes that you want them you want the the emails to engender and and work backwards from there. Yep. Robert What's that? It is with a heavy heart that I inform you that we will not be having 10 do's or don'ts oh. today. Oh. Number yeah. 1. I phrased it a little differently, but but I can't I can't spin this out until I get to Okay. Yeah, well, so Let's my, have, num- let's my have number a moment one. Of silence for tip number two, then. What's that? So let's have a moment of silence for tip number two, then. <laughs> what could have been. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so 1B, the way that I phrased it was um, uh, align with actions. So I, I think a lot of times people, people when, when they're looking at like what the lifecycle emails, what they're going to be, and it's like, well, maybe we should send like a reminder after three days, or we should just like email them like, I don't know. It just seems like uh, people right. taking in email. Days, days. What's that? This is, right. Like just so not like you need to put your you know Google Analytics code in, but just like you know, is there anything we can do to help you get set up? Like at three days, five days, and then a week or two weeks, or whatever. Like that's not really. Well, I guess the way I would put it is like people. People are like, oh, I heard I'm supposed to send emails. Right. So I. So what are emails that I can send? And right. instead of saying what are the key actions that people need to take in order to that, that highly correlate with people getting value and, and, you know, becoming customers eventually. And then how can we, like you said, kind of how can we reverse engineer emails that we're deriving based off of outlining those actions, as opposed to how can we come up with things for people to do based off of the emails that we want to send out. Right. So pretty much the same thing there. So Pour, pouring out a little bit of the 40 for uh, for what could have been do or don't, too. All right. Uh, all right, so do we, we jump on to three here? Is that what we're going to do? I guess so. Well, 
maybe what we should do because then because then what if you just steal another one of mine yeah that's fair i think i I think maybe you should go i should have a chance to steal one of yours i agree so yeah so i'll i'll just have a different tip number two okay all right but so really it's tip number 10 that we're gonna pour the 40 out for okay all right uh so tip number two tip number two uh i would say let's see here Oh well, here's a here's a a very tactical one. So we started with a pretty philosophical or broad one, very very tactical. Pick this one up from Mister Patrick McKenzie. Uh, mm. is, is is make it easy for people to to do the thing that your that your email is triggering them to do. For example, by having the email log people in automatically. That a lot of times it's a real pain. You're like, hey, it'd be great if you did this thing here's the link to do it and then you just get thrown into this who are you again like a login right. screen blah 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 right. and what was my password which email did i use yeah oh forget it i'm out of here and so instead smartly enough because he makes the point where it's like if the email is secure enough that you're going to send them like a password reset email where like you're literally going to be starting right. a session and saying like this overrides whatever else is going on yeah like it should be that email is also secure enough to send somebody a link that just like shoots them directly into the app. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. I, and I think uh, having thought about it a little bit uh, here, the the one caveat that I would give is if, if for some reason the email was something that people uh, had any sort of inclination to share or forward to friends or whatever that might be, or colleagues that could be, that could pro- pose a tricky issue there. So that would be one thing to look out for. But in general, especially if you have like different levels of login, like with Amazon where you can go and see what your card is, but if you want to change your credit card or see past right. orders or whatever, then you need to like what? I guess log you in for real or something. Password. Yeah. Then then uh, you know, if there's just a way to get people just back into your application and not necessarily being able to see or change really sensitive stuff, by all means, make that link start a session. Yeah. I like that. That's all right. A good one. So that was tip number two. All right. Tip number three. Tip number three. Number three. Uh, well, this is throwing me off on my list here. Uh, so this one is uh, its kind of a broad idea, but I, I'm going to give a couple fairly specific usages. Um, and it's personalized. So I mean that in two different ways. Uh, one is is pretty literally. So I know Brennan Dunn does a little bit of this where he has these lifecycle emails, but he'll do something I described a minute ago where occasionally he'll turn them off and just get the the triggers from his app that send him a notification that, you know, so-and-so just did this action or so-and-so hasn't done this action for three days or something like that. And then he'll reach out directly and say, hey, you know, you know, kind of a one-line email from the founder. Hey, I noticed you hadn't done this or just just saw you did this. You know, this is your next step. You know, know that you can can uh, reach out to me directly if you need anything. Uh, and the biggest win there is not necessarily on the lifecycle email side of things, but it's the, like, really rich feedback and rapport you're able to establish with your customers. So when you say personalize it, you mean, like, send it out personally? Yeah, well, and I've generally, you're, when you write it up, 
you know yourself it's going to be more personal anyway right and, right uh, when you initially said personalized i thought you meant like customize the email specifically for that person automatically gotcha so so there i said i meant this in two ways and that's the first uh the second is a little more in line with what you're saying um but a little less granular so i think uh especially when you get a little more complex a little fancier with your lifecycle emails um you want sort of the granularity of of how these things get sent and what actions lead to them uh, to really make sense. So uh, you don't just want like the email example I gave at the beginning, like, hey, you haven't completely set up your LinkedIn profile. Log back in and do that. It'd be much better to have like a series of highly directed, like, hey, we'd like you to fill out, you know, where you're working right now. And a link, and like a you know something about why and what they get out of that, and that kind of stuff. Um, so just a little more granular, a little more personal to like exactly where the user is in their in their journey to success. There you go. I have to be honest. I think with these new rules, where where I don't get to talk, where I don't get to uh, improvise with new things, you're killing the two parter. A little unfair, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. That's that's true. Anyway, I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay, no more. No more. I'll, I'll let I'll let the the rule that didn't exist when you did that slide. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, I'm glad that I took advantage of the new rule before it existed. Yeah, it's the uh, right exactly. The, what's the what's the uh, what's the the, the governmental thing? La, not laissez faire. Uh, what is it? I can't remember. It's not important. Okay. Or what's the other habeas corpus? It's not that, but there's another one that's like you can't punish people for for breaking laws that didn't exist at the time. Oh. Anyway, it's not important. Um, okay. All right. So tip number four. Tip number four. Number four. So uh, very similar, but I don't think you specifically touched on this. Once again, okay. looking kind of being tactical here. Uh, one thing that really surprises me when I'm reviewing other companies' lifecycle emails is that the from is not a person. And oh, sometimes yeah. not even a the company. Like, sometimes it's, like, server or, like, root blah, 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 or something like yeah. that. Um, which yeah. is not, not, the, not the best way to warm people up and make them feel like they're, you know, engaging with a, a caring and compassionate organization. Yeah, I've gotten a couple of those recently. Yeah, and then that also, you know, there, there also comes the, the whole thing of, like, the no reply at whatever... Like I, would, yeah. I think sometimes, I think sometimes people even do the no reply just because it makes them look like a big company or something like that. Where I would, I, I, first of all, I would not discourage anybody from replying. Like any anytime somebody wants to offer feedback of any sort, great. So I'm not going to actively discourage that. And then second of all, it just doesn't seem very you know inviting. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like it's a pretty negative experience when I receive them. So I, I. 100% agree I would not send them and I don't think there is a big advantage to sending them I think it, the benefits are illusory to, to sending them as no reply yes yeah I mean if you're if you're you know a gigantic corporation who just doesn't care then the benefit <laughs> is you don't have you're not dealing with people with expectations of like you know interacting in a meaningful way with a company but if you're not that which I don't recommend being 
well, I don't know. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give advice to like Fortune five companies or whatever. Obviously, but for the, for the anybody who's listening here, I'm pretty sure they're not representing uh, Comcast, for example. Right. Like, imagine yeah. if we did have like the, the CEO of Com- Comcast was like, "Yeah, I'm really onto this new podcast. It's called Successful Users." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe like CMO or CTO. I don't know about CEO. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah. Sea level though, yeah, clearly, right. In our in Maybe our imagination, change the name of the podcast to Sea Level. Ooh, I, yeah, I can't think of anything really funny about that. I can't. <laughs> I can't. You, are, you got out ahead of yourself with the ooh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, like in improv, like when they're like, do you, you know the term like yes and? Yeah, right. I was trying to yes and you, and I was like, oh, I got nowhere to go with that one. I've, I've done that more recently, I feel like. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe, uh, very quickly, just because maybe it's, it, people would find it interesting. If you don't know what yes and refers to, a lot of times in improv, like, your, your, uh, instinct might be to, to deny or negate something that somebody else threw out there, which is typically, like, the best way to make something fall flat or just to get people not feeling invested. Um, so instead of saying, like, like if you were like, Hey, pretty cool to be at this pa- pancake factory. And if I was like, we're not at a pancake factory, we're, or like whatever that might be, instead you go, yes, and, and then you build on whatever somebody else is doing. And I think that's actually helpful in just looking at like spontaneous creativity, group dynamics, things like that. Like taking a yes, and approach to, to life, right. I, I think, uh, can pay dividends far outside of um, the improv world, which, just for the sake of clarification, uh, I have not participated in personally it's just something i'm aware of yeah yeah it's weird the pancake factory i've never i've never been to a pancake factory that also made ford suvs so this is an interesting place no no we're not there see that's what you don't do then i would be like (laughs) i would be like yeah and uh it's especially interesting that they make them inside the cars and then suddenly people are like this is delightful of course i pray yeah that's it's pretty weird that they have a dress code of kilts for everybody. So <laughs> first of unexpected. all, first of all, this pan like I've not really heard of like factories making pancakes full stop. Usually they just make pancake mix if anything, and That's then right. they make them inside of cars. I'm intrigued. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Anyway, so way off track there, but that was what tip number four is: is make it have it come from a person and invite a response. That's nice. I like which. I like- could be kind of breaking my rule because that was sort of two things, but <laughs> but they were very directly no. related. I I you know as half of the committee on uh, rules, I vote that we allow it. You'll allow it. Perfect. Uh, okay. But so, watch yourself. Can you give me like a caution? Well, like I'll allow it. Okay, but yeah, watch yourself. The flag. Uh, tip number five then. Okay, we're just gonna move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tip number five. Yes, and tip number five. <laughs> tip number five. This one is follow up, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna only mean that in one specific way because of the new rules. Uh, basically, if you have uh, action triggered lifecycle emails, you know, say they need to fill in you know some particular code or put something, upload something to their website or take some action on your behalf uh, to move forward then make sure you don't just have a single email that goes out and then dead air, right? You want to make sure that they're able to make progress here. So it's okay to have a cutoff at some point if they don't 
if they don't do this, you know, a couple weeks with with a few promptings in there. Uh, but definitely don't just have a single prompting because you're really at the mercy of the inbox and the context of exactly when they see the email. Robert? What is that? Are, we, are we about to have another moment of hope, silence? Hope, hope you've got a, a, some 40 left. <laughs> Going to pour a little bit more out for what could have been tip number eight. Oh, yeah. Bless, bless number eight's little heart. <laughs> Never even had a chance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and the, the only um, the, uh, the, the 5B recommendation I would make beyond that is a lot of times people will set up an email sequence where, like, let's say they identify, like, the top three things that you need to do, like, uh, set up your account and then, like, create your first project and then, you know, uh, invite other people to the project. Say those, those are the three things. If somebody hasn't compl- created their project, they can't possibly invite people to it. So I would right. say just like freeze them on step two and just keep hammering it. Send like, you know, as many e- reminder emails as you can instead of just moving on and being like, well, hopefully they'll do both things now or whatever that might be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, my note, the way I worded that was be relentless in upgrading people to stages instead of just kind of hope like, oh, well, and then moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you. this is a place, this is just kind of a side note especially on account setup kind of tasks where you may have slightly different rules for your lifecycle emails for people that are, um, you know, still trying to finish their account setup and they're in a trial and those that are trying to finish their account setup and they're actually a paying account. Hmm. Why would that be? Uh, just because of the time horizon on the trial that you'd want, I think you'd want to push a little harder to get people across the finish line in a trial. Right, you want to get them to to success essentially in the trial, and then once their customers ease off a little bit. Well, if someone hasn't completed the the setup stuff and they started paying, I'm not saying like, you know, oh, screw those guys. I'm just saying there's there's no like time wall there other than the like them paying again, I suppose. Um, but those periods are usually a little different, uh, like trial periods. Are usually that long or or less if possible because it allows you to test and iterate faster. Um, so I just think that you might st- structure the schedule a little differently. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Tip number what was that? Uh, number six. Tip number six. So here's a weird. Oh, so when I said tip number eight, I meant tip number. No. Well, wait a wait, minute. Wait, you you own the even ones, right? Right. So, so oh, yeah. was your was 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 what you just said a follow up point to mine? Yeah, it was just a little side note. Oh, oh, I thought that was your own tip. No. So we're gonna get a double a double helping of of Robert Graham's brain with tip number seven. We're 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 leapfrogging to seven. Oh wait, you're saying tip no? It's now it's time for tip number six. Oh, are we? Maybe we just got lost. Maybe it is time for tip number seven. No, it's. Did you go after you went after follow up? I have to admit, Robert, this this rule change is a little bit confusing to me. It is confusing. I agree, especially because, since we got we got so comfortable where I was all the odds and you were all the evens. So wait a minute. So, which is still the case. So so five was five like, was follow up, right? And so my five B was like okay. 
be relentless in, in like advancing people forward and instead of just having your your email sequence move past where they are. Yeah, and I just piggybacked. So that uh, was 5C. Yeah, it was 5C. So now so we're on to 6. Which now we're on to 6. Your turn. Which, weirdly, and so this is also where the new rules are kind of breaking down. <laughs> so you have 7 and 9 left, right? <laughs> yes. So so why do I... I only get I only get to do 6, and then you just get to do 2 in a row? I don't. I mean, if you have if you have remaining tips, you can do the tips. I, I think that it's it's becoming apparent that we did not think this all the way through. Yeah, I... well, so be it. Rules is rules. So, <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's not like we can change them. I mean... Yeah, I only get one more, and that will be. Uh... Tip number six. So here's the, and this is maybe just more of something to think about. But one the 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 first lifecycle email that people often encounter is the confirmation the email confirmation email. Mm. And from a user onboarding perspective, I am a huge proponent of backloading that as far as possible. So if it's at all possible to get people into your application, keep that momentum going in that first visit, I really recommend doing that. And a lot of times when people are like yeah, well, we need to confirm their email address. It's some sort of rationalization around the that's that's what the database needs or whatever. To my mind, right. the database is part of the product. Like change change the product so that it doesn't have to be like that. Uh, it sounds I don't know that sounds like kind of a cop out to me, and I'm just really really not a fan of. Hey, glad you finally signed it up, and then like you're only 15 seconds in. Why don't you go to the Pandora's box of nightmare distractions called your inbox and try right. to find an email that may or may not have even gotten into your priority tab uh, and then like click it, hopefully, and then come back and, and we'll just assume that you'll be like right up to speed like you were right now. I say get right. people in as far as, my, as far as you can and maybe even consider don't confirming the email address at all. Yeah, I, th- I think this is... This is a really good tip. We've talked about this in one of the other episodes, and I, I really like it. And it also it breaks things up because even with the best of systems, most of the time you're going to be sending email in an app in some kind of background job, and you're going to be using some third party to actually do the sending, which is also going to be sort of a background task. So it could be, you know, even in the best system, it could be several minutes before it pops up in their inbox. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, I mean... You can totally lose somebody in that in that time period when otherwise you might have had them complete multiple tasks inside of the the application if you weren't demanding that they confirm the address. Very well put. Yeah, you put yourself in their shoes. All right, I'll go to my inbox. Oh my gosh, I forgot about all these things that are in my inbox. Hey, where's this email? Oh, I can't seem to find it. Did it send? You go back to the other tab. Well, it says it's sent. Maybe I can resend it. Okay, click resend. Go back to the inbox. Eh, it's still not here. Maybe I need to give it a minute or two. Oh, maybe I'll just hop on Twitter real quick. All of a sudden, it's like just you're you're just slicing their attention up into a thousand tiny pieces. Yeah, not a yeah. Fan. real momentum uh, killer. So, um, but conversely, if you think outside the box a little bit, how could you send them a follow up email that still achieves what a confirmation email does, but it just isn't nominally a confirm your email email? Right, right. You you have an email with a link to doing some action in it. And if they click it, then you know that that email succeeded in getting to them. Right. Yeah, you can, clicking any link will confirm that 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 is the address. Right. 
So maybe maybe gussy it up a little bit to make it more a more meaningful and relevant action than just confirming your email address. Yeah, and, and well, also and it's make it after. Whoop. It's not as like punchy and funny as uh, Patrick McKenzie's, you know. Unless you run the BDSM site, no one came there to click submit. Right. Uh, but I kind of feel the same way about like, no one signing up for your app to to confirm their email address. That's on my list of things to do. I've never thought. Well, I guess I'm going to put confirm my email address down, and I hope I get to do that with this account. Or like, you know uh, what? I feel like my work here is done. They know. They know that the person right. who signed up. Did not mis-enter their email address. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I just don't see it as something that has to happen, especially that has to happen couched as confirm your email address. I mean, there's there's so many things in the app that you want them to actually accomplish that you could, you know, put in that email instead and still still get your double bonus of confirming their address. Yeah. I think that the one thing to... to, to be to to what how would i put this to uh concern yourself with with this whole thing like the downside is if if there are going back to the other example like if you are sending out like a password reset email to their email address and let's say somebody did misenter it they meant to type i don't know what whatever it would be uh some, some blank at gmail.com and they missed it by one letter you don't want those emails going to somebody who you know, is is an actual other person and being like, hey, you wanted to reset your email address or reset your password, like, here's how you do it. And and then that sends them a link that you can go in and see all of their banking info or whatever it would be. Right. Well, I think the most likely time for that to be an issue, especially with respect to confirming an email address, is right after they sign up. So I think in order to avoid that, you know, some simple things about feedback, right, like show them the address that you send it to and make sure, you know, if, if it's easy to click on from there, that make sure that they can see uh, in, the, in the early screens or the Wizard of Oz screens, like, what, you know, what you think their email address is. And then if, if it's an issue and you don't have a confirm step, make it possible for them to address it there. Yeah. And then also, like, if you if you're really forcing everybody to confirm their address before they can even do anything in your application, it's that that will be some level of spam prevention. Like there's not going to be a bot that's just well. But then again, I bet a, a, a sophisticated enough bot could easily click a link in an email that it knew it was triggering. Anyway, we're kind of yeah. we're kind of going into a tailspin on this. But the general, yeah. general idea is is question your assumptions regarding conf, uh, email confirmation um, and specifically. Don't forget that all you're doing, the, the the process of confirming an email address is getting somebody to click a link in an email that you sent to their address. So you could you could certainly spruce that uh, interaction up a little bit, if nothing else. Yeah, I like it. All right, so I guess I guess now we, now we get that aforementioned double dose of uh, of uh, Graham's uh, uh, thought, the truth bombs. Yeah, maybe which I feel like I should like offer you the opportunity to assassinate one of the tips before they happen, just just out of eventual spite, you know. I'm not wired like you, Graham. <laughs> Even though you were ending our listeners a moment ago. If they're gonna come and be insulting, yeah, then look, I gotta I gotta back myself up here. Yeah, I was I raised on the streets. <laughs> right. I, there's I a lot of there's a lot of street cred involved with this podcast. Yeah, exactly. My name is my name. 
Excellent. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, okay, so please, tip number seven. Number seven. Tip number seven. Uh, so number seven is is pretty simple, and you see this in just about anything that you do. Uh, but it's pretty much just to measure, you know, how things are going with the lifecycle emails, and uh, use that sort of information to tweak. And when I say measure, uh, so the most important thing you should be measuring is like the user's actions, specifically, so what they're doing or not doing. Um, but you probably also want to track the lifecycle emails themselves. Like, are people opening them? Are they interacting with them? Are they clicking? Uh, and and do those, you know, cohorts, the people that interact with the lifecycle emails, is that improving their success? Uh, and how can you, you know, continue to improve those types of things? Like, if you have some trouble spots, so you you got to measure and then you got to react. Yeah. I, I I concur. I, I I would can if I may. I guess I'm not precluded from being able to comment on yours. No, pl- please participate in the podcast. I feel like I'm in the penalty box. <laughs> High sticking. Yeah, Samuel. Uh, yeah. So so I, I I certainly agree. I think that as a general note, I would track clicks much more than opens. Both are helpful, but clicks are a lot more reliable as far as reporting is concerned, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And then also track. Um, unsubscribes that maybe if you if you have a 10 email sequence and you happen to see that email 7 has twice as many unsubscribes as the others uh, proportionally speaking that's something to consider as well yeah that's actually a pretty good segue to number nine tip number nine it's like a duplex it's like a duplex apartment of uh of tips because right next door to number seven is number nine number nine uh well I just feel really bad about your tips, you know? I I didn't mean anything by it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, that's the game you play. You let the other guy go first, and you're you're not able to dictate your uh your moves. You're you're yeah. the white chess pieces, I'm the black ones. I got to respond. Yeah, it's I feel like this is a, more like a game of battleship, you know? It's just like, oh, sunk. <laughs> it reminds me of uh do you know uh, Chip Kelly, the uh football coach? Yeah. Very much so. I read an article about the gentleman this afternoon. Yeah, there was like a, there was like a dual piece that went out uh, the, on a uh, on what Grantland and ESPN. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been reading. It was by Chris Brown, the guy who started a blog called Smart Football. So I've been reading Smart Football for for years, and it's really good stuff. If you like that, yeah. One of my favorite Chip Kelly things because like they were asking. Uh, <laughs> and there was like some sort of post game thing where I guess for like the uh, back when he was at the uh, Oregon with the Ducks, mm-hmm. they were talking about um, controlling your own destiny, which in in sports jargon is like uh, like you if if you you're not dependent on other on things happening to other teams in order for your postseason to be you know successful or not. Like you're able if you win your games and you control your own destiny. And he like came up with this. He totally refuted it. Where he's like, "Well, you realize that destiny is is predetermined, right? So if it's predetermined, then you can't control it. Like just semantically shut them <laughs> down. It's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, it's. I think it's really cool though. And I think I guess if there's a lesson for the for the people to take away from our mention of Chip Kelly, yeah, our super the, our super niche, uh, yeah, sports fans, yeah, sports. That's uh, yeah. It's basically though that Chip Kelly is remarkable in football because uh, uh, there's some really technical jargon I could get into here, but 
he basically is looking at what defenses are doing, and not necessarily specifically what they're doing to stop offenses, but like the basis from which they begin. Um, and then he's just flipping it. He's like, okay, well, if they're if they're expecting us, you know, to to line up a certain way or to have certain gaps or to do, you know, these things, then we're just gonna do something else. And then like the basis on which they built their whole defense is now broken. And you know now we're gonna play really fast, and it's gonna be really hard for them to fix it. Right. And I think it's just you're really making cool them make this. tough decisions in the moment. Yeah, and it's really cool though because they're he's starting from, well, they expect us to do this, so we're never going to do that. <laughs> you know, it's very, it's very out of the box. Yeah, it reminds me of. Um, are you familiar with OODA loops? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, for for those uh, who aren't, it, please. Uh, the OODA loop refers to, it's a four-stage, I guess it's basically the uh, speed for reaction. So um, Air Force colonel named John Boyd was the one who, who framed the term. Because, well, should we get all, uh, should we go full story mode here? Or save that's it for another day? book, by the way, the, the John Boyd book. You, what's that? I said that's a great book, by the way, the book about John Boyd. Mm, well, perhaps a, non, a non-web design book about web design? <laughs> you you could uh you could put it in that category I think. Yeah. I haven't read the book myself. I've leafed through it, but I've I've just yeah. done read a lot of articles or whatever. I'll gotcha. I'll try to give the very quick version of the story and you can tell me if I'm if I'm incorrect at any point. Go for it. But basically, he was a Air Force colonel and and he noticed that when people were getting into dogfights, so like, you know, you're you're in the Air Force, your your life is in your hands. You're up there in the sky. You don't want to get shot down. There was like technically what was considered to be the superior plane, and then there was another one that was technically considered to be inferior. But anytime the people in the Air Force had a chance to choose which one they wanted, they went with the less sophisticated plane, and it was determined because. And so he looked into. He was like, "Well, that's weird." So he investigated it, and it turned out that people uh, liked the less sophisticated plane better mostly because the steering mechanism was a lot more fluid and a lot less tiresome to people to use um which meant that if you're in an extended dogfight against somebody you're saving your mental and physical energy um with this repeated action by going with that one and that meant that you're you were going to have a better chance of survival even though the plane itself was not you know on paper as good as the other plane so far so good yeah, okay. pretty good. And so really what it came down to was reaction timing and efficiency of decision-making um, and and response. And he crafted this, I guess what you might call a framework. Um, it's called an OODA loop, which has four stages, um, O-O-D-A, OODA, uh, the acronym being observe, orient, decide, and act. And basically it looks at you do something and then, you know, say you're in a dogfight, you turn... And then you need to observe, does, you know, what, what's the response of the other person? You need to orient yourself around what their action was. You need to decide what you're going to do based off of your observation. And then you act again in response, kind of back and forth, like a dance. And so, uh, to me, the, like, that's the, so central to the Chip Kelly manner of doing things that speeding up your ability to make decisions in the moment puts the your competitor on their heels because you're you're acclimated to decision making so much faster it's like if it was a dog a dog fight in the in an airplanes like if you got to make two moves for every move that the other person got to make you're going to outmaneuver them very quickly yeah yeah i think that 
uh, I don't know. I, I think some of these ideas are are very underrated and actually applicable pretty broadly. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorites. Nice. All right. So that being the case, I don't even know where we are now. Are we on tip? Have we even done tip number nine we've, yet? We've not done number nine. So we are on the cusp. Yeah, the very precipice. All right. Please do us all a favor and let's let's get this this uh, wrapped up here. All right. Uh, so number nine is sort of it's a, it's a hook. Uh, basically, now that you've you've done your your measuring, you've set everything up properly, uh, and now I want you to go when you find a struggling spot. If you have some emails that aren't successful, or you have a place where users are still dropping off Just in spite of your Pack it in. emails, uh, then that's where you should be focusing. Uh, with some user testing, or if applicable, some uh, maybe maybe some interviewing, some maybe even jobs to be done style, depending on you know what kind of kind of you know switch level opportunity we're talking about. But I think uh, focus your user testing on those spots with with a mind toward uh, not just improving your lifecycle emails, but actually improving the product. Because if you're if you're you know, doing most of these things right up to this point, and people are still not getting over a particular hump, then it may not be something you should be solving with an email or with documentation. It'd be better if the product itself was more clear and easier to to get past this this part. There you go. I got nothing to add to that. You stuck the landing. Oh, I love when I stick the landing. There Feels go. good. All right. Well. I think I think we 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 turned this into a pretty timely affair. I agree. I'm going to call this episode a, a success. I liked it. Did you want to do the, the the whip around? Oh yeah, whip around. Sure. Okay. So, lo- looking back, well, and just for one, the record, I often forget the whip around, but I will never not want to do it. It's basically like okay. my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> okay. Because it's 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 uh it's like it's it's high energy. It is. Bada boom, nice. bada boom, bada boom. It's fun. Well, it's if you're if you're a note taking kind of individual, it's very useful. Brings a little closure to it. We you know we, we expanded out. Now we're contracting. We went from the red giant to the white dwarf. I like it. I've That's, been watching wow. uh, Cosmos a lot lately. Really? Yeah. I, the new Cosmos. Know, I don't go for that old junk. This is this is a total tangent, but I, I took an astrophysics class uh, when I was in college, and. A lot of it was actually about uh, the life cycle of a star, uh, and it was really oh, fascinating. So a and, little uh, tie-in there. Yeah, and not at all, not at all what I expected. Uh, I, I really, I don't know if you're if you're interested. Uh, there's yeah, there's some really cool stuff that, like there, there's sort of a chart of like age and size and luminosity, well like mass and luminosity that most stars like follow. A particular line across this graph. I think it's called a Herzog-Russell diagram. Uh, it's really pretty interesting stuff. It sounds, sounds like something for the show notes. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh... <laughs> yeah. How about that? I was trying. I was trying to do <laughs> like some... like it's high energy and quick, and we close it up, and yeah. now tangent time. Well, yeah. Well, and also I was like. Yeah, so like I'm trying to come up with like some super corny tie-in of like, oh, if only those stars had emails for their life cycle, am I right? 
And, uh, but like, I could actively feel my brain just going like, no, like, no, no, we're shutting that down. You will not say something like that. (laughs) Not even exploring. Like, can I think of something like maybe something similar? Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. All right. So whip around time. Tip number one. Number one is, is bad casting. So work backward from your, from your customer success. Tip number two. Uh, I wrote login links. I'm trying to remember what that referred to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, don't don't make people uh, have to log back in. So, uh, just use links that get yeah, people yeah. right back into it. Uh, so number three was uh, was the personalize, and that was both, uh, you know, sub out the automated stuff sometimes and jump in yourself and also, like, be specific in, uh, like, what activities and, and particular things people are doing. Like, get granular on the behavior that triggers the emails. Yeah. The, the the now infamous and illegal Robert Graham double dip. That's, yes, yes, the outrageous double dip. <laughs> uh, tip number six, and my final tip, I might add, is uh, the the uh, question whether you need to send a confirmation email, and, and if you do, uh, try to gussy it up a little bit. Uh, number seven is uh, measure and adjust. Uh, number eight was murdered in the night by, by yours truly. Number nine is uh, focus your user testing on spots where people are still struggling uh, and go for the product improvement over the lifecycle email improvement there. Uh, and then number 10 as well. Also, uh, it's a complete slaughter. Old Yeller yeah. style. <laughs> Just, oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for the record... Samuel does insist that I go first, and uh, it's a bit of a tradition now. So I'm not—I'm not just cruelly killing his tips now that we've instituted the rule system. Right. I'm a gentleman, is what it boils down to. <laughs> I love this—the subtle dig. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> well, I think I'm going to call this one a success, and if the people feel that way too, then they should jump on iTunes and give us give us a nice little review, give us some comments, and uh, we we also respond to those on the show. Yeah, you'll be famous, sort of. Yeah. Look, any uh, any any little bit helps. The uh, what was it? The CEO of of Comcast will be reading in, right? Listening in. He yeah. could use a little PR boost. Yeah, for sure. Or she. That's a little assumptive. Yeah, it was. I'm ashamed of you. Yeah. Anyway, or maybe if you just want to write in and let us know we're doing a great job and that you love all of our. Uh, uh, completely unrelated sports references. That would be yeah. that would be terrific. If you if you love sabermetrics, write in. Yeah, right. If you yeah, finally finally an answer for uh, combining Moneyball with user experience design. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I'm the yeah we're like we're like the Billy Bean of of customer success. Yeah, that actually wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, that's actually pretty close to accurate. I think. <laughs> Well, on that on that note, good night and good luck. Yeah, I thought yeah, you were good gone. Stuff. No, I'm not gone. I'm actually so this is this is great. Um, interesting. Uh, so we have we actually have a, a five star review. I, I I I checked yesterday, but neglected to check before the show. No as, way. Yeah. So so uh, J E, I believe J Jeb. 912, sorry, I thought it was JE8, but it's Jeb912. He says, insightful and entertaining, great podcast full of useful information, entertainingly delivered, 
Robert is a solid foil to Samuel's particular brand of quirkiness. Get lots of powerful ideas from each episode. Can't wait to hear the next one. I particularly like that. And then it trails off. I don't know. I don't know if this gentleman decided that was the end of that particular sentence or if I just cannot see any additional text. Or he just couldn't think of anything that he particularly (laughs) I particularly like... Oh man, when what am I gonna write? In silence. Yeah. I don't know. Although, although yeah, right. Dot, dot, dot. Thanks, Jeb. I yeah. I particularly like that too. Wow. Well thanks, Jeb. Yeah, that's excellent. So I guess you're like the straight man. I don't I'm not sure what that means, but I liked it. Yeah. You know what? I think I think I would rather be a solid foil than be than have a, what was it, a unique the brand of quirkiness? Particular brand of quirkiness, yeah. Yeah. Look. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> Don't, don't end Jeb. I like him. I'm a solid. <laughs> no, there will, no ending. No ending for sure. Yeah, honestly, like you could you could give us a five star review and be as ins- just scathingly, just unfairly insulting. And right. That, that would still be fine. That will yeah. insulate you. Actually, from... I f- I fully encourage that. If we could get a five star review that's just filled with you know lowbrow insults about yeah. each of us, I'm backhanded I'm compliments, just outright vitriol. <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be really that would be a funny thing to do just as a social experiment where they're like, do people know how this rating system works? Like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you're so the the solid foil to and and uh, it's an entertaining podcast. Yeah, oh, my my heart is all a flutter. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm I'm glad that people like it. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Jeb and Robert. Thank you. Well, thank you. If you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a foil to anything without your quirks. <laughs> that makes me feel a little less excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, fair enough. Let's let's put a let's put a pin on this one. Yeah, I think that's a wrap. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. Well, talk to you later. What am I saying? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs>